Well, good afternoon. Richard, Bob, thank you for the kind introduction. Uh, always good to be back in Mankato. I tell people that it's not true. You can go home. Um, so it's good to be back with all of you. Just grateful um, for the work you do. I think at a time, winter's out. We're talking about the flooding on the Red River, some of the things as we look towards spring. I think one of the last couple years, one of the things we learned was is the consistency of our ability to produce food, fuel, and fiber for the world um, was something we were deeply concerned about. I talked about it often, um, that that was one of our biggest concerns when we saw the disruptions in the, the supply chains and some of the things around the world. So just wanted to say thank you for that. I also think the last several years have really brought home that idea. This is this industry and the impact that it has is, you know the numbers, you know that it's foundational to Minnesota, you know that we do feed fuel and provide fiber to the world, but the ability to provide some stability and some predictability. You're not going to get it out of the weather. You're probably not going to get it out of global markets all the time. We've seen the disruptions in Ukraine and elsewhere. You should have a high expectation that you get it out of state government. I can't I can't say the same on the federal side of things, but out of state government, the ability to provide some consistency around the things that matter should be the floor, not the ceiling of what we do. And I'll have to tell you, for the legislators are here, I'm not sure, I thought I saw Senator Westrom, some others are here. They did an incredible job at a time when, quite honestly, we got kind of gridlocked up, but there were a couple areas, and agriculture was one of them, we were able to move a pretty good package, make sure we provided some drought relief, make sure that that account was there on future emergencies that we might see, and making sure we continue to move forward on things. So I have to tell you, as we get ready to talk about the governor's budget, we get ready to talk about what the legislature is going to do, I think there is a high expectation and a high sense of confidence that we can get these things accomplished together. Last week, they came together, unanimously passed the tax conformity bill, making sure that we didn't add an extra burden there. I think what you'll see around this ag budget, and I want to thank Commissioner Peterson, who's here, and the folks who in the groups who've worked on this, um, focusing on those things that allow us to do what we do best, and that is provide the most abundant, the most safe, the most affordable food supply in the world, to make sure we continue to innovate, not just in food, but in all of the other value added, especially in that space of biofuels. And then making sure that we continue to be the leaders, to hit that middle point between how do you continue to feed a hungry world, how do you continue to innovate at a time when population pressures and other things are there, how do we strike that balance on maintaining soil health, maintaining productivity, being drought resistant, being flexible enough to take on pathogens like uh, highly pathogenic uh, influenza? How do we do those things? And in Minnesota, the expectation is this is a group of folks who's leading on that. So I have to tell you, when we craft a budget and when we think about what the future is going to look like, we understand clearly that those uncertainties that are always in this industry, that we should go out of our way to make sure we pull those back. So I have to tell you, um, I'm incredibly uh, hopeful for the future of what we're able to do. We understand that input costs are always a concern. There's only so much we can do on some of the global inflationary pressures 
but we can certainly do things in Minnesota that make our ag industry feel confident, secure, and allow you to do what you need to do. So I'm proud to tell you, we'll be unveiling this over the next few days, but it's no secret on this. The things that make this state go, we need to continue to invest in. We'll continue to invest in, I think, uh, to the tune of about $6 million on infrastructure around biofuels. I'm glad that Midwest governors were able to get together. We got the waiver on E15. Our expectation is is that we get that permanent. We continue to move. And over the last several weeks, the excitement around some of the innovations on biofuels, Minnesota can be the hub for the sustainable aviation fuel industry. And we're hearing it from the executives at Delta. The French ambassador to the United States brought up, they want to watch what we're doing here to see if Minnesota is going to be where that hub is done, where that innovation happens. And the answer is yes, it should be. And what the state can do is help make sure that infrastructure is there. I think the innovation that you're doing, and I'll turn to all of you who know this best, the Agri account that funds our agricultural products, that funds our research, that funds our innovation, that that is going to be in the budget. We can safely tell you that the budget we'll unveil as far as agriculture is concerned will be the most robust one the state has ever seen. It will also be very cognizant of your costs, making sure we step up the ag to school credit and get that thing up to where it needs to be to make sure that the pressure to fund local schools is not put back down on agriculture land. The state is making a bold move to move away from property tax funding on on schools to make sure that we do that more at the state level. There's more consistency then geographically across the state. So while you look at things like the investments in soil health that we'll make that will be historic, biofuels and biofuel innovation, the ideas of making sure where the state can do on marketing, and I see some of you here where we've done some of our, um, our trade missions. We were with the Japanese Consulate General that talked about what Minnesota can do, what they're going to need. We have to continue to create markets. We're not going to be able to depend, I don't think, federally that we're going to see a lot done that way. But the state of Minnesota has a lot of tools with our trade office, with the work that Commissioner Peterson and his team does, um, Deputy Commissioner Vobble, and the work that all of you do. We're creating those new opportunities. We're seeing companies want to do business here. We're seeing the value added that's there, all at the same time being able to reduce costs. So I have to tell you... um, There's reasons to be optimistic. There's reason to expect that the state finances where we're in, an opportunity to reduce taxes, reduce the tax burden, shift away from property taxes to get better results, making sure that we're spending money on the front end that in the long term reduces the cost, making sure we finally build out the infrastructure on broadband that we need, and we're going to see a generational input in infrastructure, roads and bridges, township bridges and all of those things. Those are all out there. So as far as job growth, as far as workforce challenges that we may see in the future, Minnesota's positioned as as well as any state in the union. And one of the things is we're blessed with the natural resources that make that happen, whether that be our forests, whether that be our farmland, whether it be our water resources, whether it be our innovation and the partnerships that we've developed. So um, as you gather today and as you think about this and as we see spring on the horizon, The world's looking towards Minnesota. The world's looking to what you've done. The opportunities are here. And my, I guess the way I see it and the charge that I get on this, is to try and ratchet down that drama, deliver results, be responsible about how it happens, and make sure that we keep Minnesota. And this is one I'm very proud of is. Minnesota has the fifth most diverse economy in the country. 
We literally don't have all our eggs in one basket, but we got a lot of them that come from that. We literally don't depend on one thing alone, but the only reason that our quality of life and our standard of living and the things that we're able to do is, is because we've diversified across the entire state. That's why when we talk about we can't leave any of our workforce behind, from Roseau to Rochester, doesn't matter. So I have to tell you, we're excited about what's coming. We're excited about the innovation that's out there. We're excited about this budget, that what it can do. It's rare that we have the opportunity to be able to follow through on those things that, um, that will help enhance what we've already seen working. So I would encourage everyone, um, it's okay to be optimistic sometimes. We're kind of stuck in this thing in the country. We're kind of stuck where we have to find the things that don't work. We understand that you only report bad news sometimes, but the fact is a lot of hard work by people in this room, a lot of innovation by folks that have been here have given us reasons to be optimistic. It's okay again. I know it's a little bit Minnesotan. Oh, it looks pretty nice out today. Oh, it's going to snow tomorrow. It doesn't think that we shouldn't think about the rainy day. It doesn't think that we should think about that things could go in a direction. But I also think they're self-fulfilling prophecies on things. Our economy is strong. Our people are resilient. The world is looking for us to lead. And I'm just not interested in getting into squabbles on things that don't impact people's lives directly when we have work that's in front of us. And I think that's the expectation you should have. So I want to thank you for having us here today. I want to make sure and ask you spend your money in Mankato, if you can, while you're here. Uh, make sure you're supporting this local economy. But a clear indication of those of you from come from all over the state, our regional hubs and our main streets that power who we are, that give people the opportunity to choose the life they want to live, the style of life they want to live, in the community they want to live, those things can only happen if we have robust economic growth in all sectors of our economy that allows people to do that. So if we want healthy, strong main streets, we know that the ag economy and the supports that we're putting in make a big difference in that. If we want people to have and stay in communities, they have to have access to broadband. They have to have the best infrastructure, and they have to have an expectation that their children will receive a world-class education no matter how big their school is, where it's located, or who the students are that are coming there. Those are expectations Minnesota's always met. We've got that opportunity. It's rare. It's rare when things align to that degree. And I think it falls upon us, myself, the legislature, the leaders of the organizations that are here to put out a plan to collectively work together to make that happen. So I want to thank you for being here. Thanks for the work you do. I remain incredibly optimistic. Um, and as I've, some of you heard me say, it's in my nature because I supervised the high school lunchroom for 20 years. I am an eternal optimist. Um, I believe that tomorrow is always going to be a little bit better. And the folks in this room have made sure that that is true, that we've gone through some of the most challenging economic times and come out better prepared than we were before. The innovation that is just, you can feel it in the room, the electricity, the world needs us to do this. Minnesota's always led. We need to do it again. So thank you all.